This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You are listening to the Daily Digest on the Bigger Picture with me, T. Shaoik and Lim Su An. Now, you may have heard news that Malaysia has been excluded from the Leaders' Summit on Climate that is being hosted by the United States. But young conservationist Quek Yuan has been included in the North American Association for Environmental Education's um, 2021 EE30 Under 30 Changemaker list, thanks to all of his efforts to promote awareness on marine marine conservation. So today we'll be celebrating this young conservationist success on the global stage and we'll be finding out from him what Project Reef Spawn is all about and how it hopes to inspire a new generation of change makers. So um, for our conversation today, we are asking you on Twitter, should we include environmental education into the Malaysian public school syllabus? So your options are a simple yes or no, but you can also tweet us your thoughts at BFM Radio or WhatsApp them at 018-789-8899. Yes, so if you've been following environmental-related uh, news in Malaysia, the headlines might seem to be dominated by um, the fact that we've been excluded from a virtual leaders' summit on climate change, which is being led by US President Joe Biden. So I won't blame you if you missed this small but delightful piece of news involving a Malaysian, Kwek Yuan, who has made it to the North American Association for Environmental Education's 2021 EE30 under 30 change maker list. Yes, so 27-year-old Yuan, who we've featured on both our Daily Digest and Earth Matter segments before, mm. um, he is a marine biologist by training and he's currently attached to the Biodiversity Division of the Energy and Natural Resources Ministry, where he's working on conservation policy. So Yuan was previously a conservation officer for the Malaysian Conservation Alliance for Tigers or MyCats, and he's also the co-founder of Reefsticks, uh, and that's Malaysia's first marine-themed role-playing mm. card game. So the game, which is designed to mimic real-life stakeholder relationships, um, it introduces some of Malaysia's most iconic marine species and highlights threats to coral reefs. And last year, the game was the winner of the 8th International Educational Games Competition in the non-digital finished games category. So it sounds like Yuan is um, used to getting um, honoured for his work. Now, a bit more about this grant programme and the North American Association for Environmental Education, or we'll call them NAAEE for short. So for five decades it has served as the professional association champion and backbone organisation for the field of environmental education and they work with environment, environmental education professionals across the globe to advance environmental literacy and civic engagement. Now since 2016 NAAEE's EE30 Under 30 program has recognised 150 individuals from around the world, people who are making a difference through environmental education. Now, since its inception, um, two Malaysians have been recognised under this program. Mm. So the other Malaysian uh, grantee was wildlife researcher and nature educator Jolene Yap, who expanded her research on dusky langurs into a community outreach project called the Langur Project Penang. And, you know, you can check out our interview with um, Jolene 
Jolene by searching for the Langer Project at bfm.my slash earth. Mm. So all the 30 leaders under 30 that have been selected for this year will implement environmental education projects that build low-carbon economies, create resilient communities and protect and restore ecosystems. So they will address a wide range of sustainability issues and this includes reconnecting indigenous communities to traditional land-based practices, empowering youth to inform national climate policies, creating inclusive and culturally relevant e-STEM education kits for at-home learning and so much more. And in a statement released by the folks behind Reef Stakes, Yuan will be contributing to this network of leaders by carrying out something called Project Reef Spawn. So this will be a collaboration involving five team members and the project aims to produce three awareness videos on the marine environment in Malaysia and conduct a youth capacity development program. So we'll be speaking to Yuan and also Chao Mei Mei in just a bit to find out more about Project Respond. Yes, um, but before our guests join us, I do want to just explore a little bit more about that topic of environmental education. So um, defi- as defined by the United States Environmental Protection Agency, it's basically a process that allows individuals to explore environmental issues, to engage in problem solving and to take action to improve the environment. So as a result, everyone involved can have a deeper understanding of environmental issues and uh, have the skills mm. to make informed and responsible decisions. So, you know, contrary to what some people might think, environmental education does not advocate a particular viewpoint or cause of action. It's not you know, supposed to be prescriptive in that mm. sense, but rather it teaches people how to uh, the way various sides of an issue through critical thinking, and then it can enhance your own problem solving and decision making skills. Mm. And I think importantly, environmental education is more than just information about the environment, right? Mm. And you might think, you know, what's the difference between the two? Well, environmental education is set to increase public awareness and knowledge of environmental issues. Um, and like you said, shall we teach individuals critical thinking, enhance their problem-solving and decision-making skills and importantly does not advocate a particular viewpoint about um, these issues. Now, environmental information, on the other hand, provides facts or opinions about environmental issues. I mean, it does not necessarily teach individuals critical thinking or enhance their problem-solving and decision-making skills. And in fact, it may advocate a particular uh, viewpoint based on the information that they provide. Mm, So it pushes only one particular agenda, Mm. right? So according to Project Learning, Tree, which is an award-winning environmental education program from the US, when environmental education is integrated into uh, the curriculum, uh, say the school curriculum, students are more enthusiastic and engaged in learning and this then raises their achievements in core academic areas. And they also found that environmental education offers opportunities for experiential learning outside of the classroom. You know, it enables students to make connections and to apply their learning in the real world and, you know, what what they see and and experience going on around them. I and mean, basically, it helps learners see the interconnectedness mm. of social, ecological, economic, cultural, and political issues. Mm. And other findings from their successful program also found that, you know, critical and creative thinking skills are enhanced through environmental education, right? Because this encourages students to research, investigate how and why things happen, mm. and make their own decisions about complex environmental issues. So by developing and enhancing critical and creative 
innovative thinking skills. Environmental education helps to foster a new generation of informed consumers, workers, and um, and who will become policy or decision makers as well. Mm, that's right. And another positive of environmental education is that it promotes a sense of place and connection through community involvement. You know, when students decide to learn more or take action to improve their environment, what it means is that they will start reaching out to community experts, um, donors, even get volunteers from around them and uh, reach out to local facilities as well. And this helps bring the community together to understand and address environmental issues impacting their neighbourhood around them. Mm, and this can also help students understand how their decisions and actions affect the environment. It helps them to build knowledge and skills that are necessary to address you know, complex environmental issues. And it shows ways that um, we can take action to keep our environment healthy and sustainable for the future. Yes, so we could go on and on <laughs> more <laughs> about the benefits of environmental education, but we will let the experts do that after uh, we come back from a quick break when we will be chatting with Kwek Yuan and Chao Mei Mei from Project Respawn. And now for a few quick messages from our sponsors on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to the Daily Digest with me, T. Xiaoik and Lim Suen. Today we're celebrating a young local conservationist, Kwek Yuan, who has been included in the North American Association for Environmental Education's 2021 EE30 Under 30 Changemaker list. And this is uh, because uh, it is recognition of all his efforts to promote awareness on marine conservation. Now, Yuan has been a champion for environmental education and is striving for more effective methods of delivering delivering environmental education to everyone. And so speaking of environmental education, we wanted to know what you think, you know, um, and we're running a poll on this on Twitter at BFM Radio. So we're asking you if we should include environmental education into our Malaysian public school syllabus. So your options are yes or no. And right now it seems like overwhelmingly people are voting yes. So you can also share your thoughts with us. Um, what do you think about this? Tweet us at BFM Radio or WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899. Yes. But joining us on the line now to talk a bit more about environmental education and more specifically about their project Reef Spawn, we have Kwek Yuan and Chao Mei Mei. Yuan is the co-founder of Reef Stakes and the project coordinator of Reef Spawn. Wang Mei Mei is the educational content manager of Reef Spawn. Now, welcome both of you. Thanks for joining us today. First of all, congratulations, Yuan, on being selected by the NAAEE um, for uh, their 2021 EE30 Under 30s Changemaker list. So can you tell me a bit more about the NAAEE? Thank you so much. Um, well, first of all, the NAAEE, NAAEE, it's a mouthful, stands for the North American Association for Environmental Education. And uh, every year, they recognize uh, 30 environmental educationists under 30. And so they do this every year. Um, I got the cohort of uh, 2019, which was two years ago, but uh, since last year, they have been offering a grant uh, for uh, people who have uh, been in the cohort previously to apply and you know, carry out programs all around the world. So the NAAEE 30 Under 30 Changemakers Grant uh, was sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service, uh, Wells Fargo, and also the Global Environmental Education Partnership, just simply to kind of spread this uh, environment education spirit all around the world and uh, very lucky to have been chosen for 2021 uh, with the project that we have come up come up with which was uh, Respawn. So yeah, that's basically the gist of uh, the NAAEE 3030 Changemakers Grant. And what is the Changemakers Grant uh, program all about? 
actually gives the opportunity to uh, NAAEE 30 under 30 around the world to run their own program, uh, anything related to environment education. Um, this year, there has been uh, quite a number of applications and they picked uh, the top 10 grantees. And uh, these range from environment education to students, to kids, uh, and basically just to further the alumni's work in respective uh, organizations. Um, my fellow grantees are from all over the place, mostly based in North America because that's where the society is from. But we have grantees from uh, India and um, South Africa um, and, uh, yeah, mostly Canada, uh, the U.S. Yeah, so that, 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 uh, they try to spread their, uh, how to say, effect of environment education to a wider base through this grant and so allow us to do more programs. That sounds like a great initiative, but what does this mean for you? I mean, what do you have to do now? Yes, so I put in a proposal uh, to run uh, Respawn, which is uh, the first training program that uh, Reef takes. I think we've, we've talked about Reef takes before, the game. Uh, we've actually thought about having a program whereby we can train people on the issues on marine environment, as well as train them to use Reef Stakes as a tool to spread this outreach on marine environment. We were looking for the right grant, we were looking for the right size grant, and when the Change Makers grant came along, I just took the opportunity to apply, put in that there's an urgent need to, to talk about marine environmental issues. You know, mostly conservation is focused on terrestrial in Malaysia. So this uh, grant will allow us to group together several conservationists in the marine realm and also have the opportunity to bring these uh, young professionals or young students into the field. Uh, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about the content of uh, Respawn uh, later. But for me personally, I feel it's an opportunity for me to network and to, to build the next generation specifically of uh, people who are engaged in marine environmental issues in Malaysia without that knowledge, without that exposure, that there is apathy and there's no action. So that, that is uh, where me trying to teach the next generation or trying to impart uh, my knowledge and my network to the next generation. And speaking of imparting knowledge to the next generation, I was reading a quick Q&A that you did with, NAA, with the NAAEE and you mentioned that Marisette's um, Dr. Luisa Bonapalam, a marine biologist who we've spoken to um, a few times on the show here, um, you mentioned that she's an inspiration for you. That's right, yeah. Uh, I, I think for me personally, uh, I was inspired to go into conservation because there was an article published in my SPM year. Luisa was on that article and so she left an email there. And so I dropped an email and uh, we spoke over coffee. And, you know, that was when I was just, yeah, this is what I want to do. I mean, I didn't end up in marine conservation, but I did end up doing some form of conservation work. So I hope that Respawn can be that turning point for some people. It can be that spark in, of their spirit uh, in going into conservation. Because uh, this field, we really need a good people and people who can contribute to the field. Yeah. That's a lovely story. You never, you never really know how you know small actions can have a big impact on someone's life. Now you mentioned um, reef stakes a bit earlier. Can you remind us what it's all about? For sure. So reef stakes is the first marine themed role playing card game in Malaysia. Uh, we try to input all the messages related to the marine environment into one game. And so what we do is uh, we have complex stakeholder relationships. We showcase threats to the marine ecosystem. And we also uh, showcase endangered species within the game. 
so it's a it's a stakeholder game where everyone plays a role. There's six people. Everyone takes a role in the game and tries to negotiate their way into achieving a consensus, uh, whether or not the area is developed or whether or not the area will be conserved or maybe even both. So that is a, a, a game where it tries to build the capacity of people to think in the shoes of someone else. So you might be a conservationist, but you know, in the game you're a politician or you're a developer. So that, that's where uh, uh, Reef Stakes was, was born. And do remind us about the folks who brought this game to life as well. Right. So uh, the four of us, myself, Edmund, Serena and Hoi Ling, uh, there was a, grant, a previous grant also by YCD, the Young Southeast Asian Leadership Initiative, uh, YCD Go NGO, whereby there was a small grant to develop something. So Hoi Ling got the grant and uh, we decided to use that grant to develop a game. Uh, and, you know, we had a prototype. We had cards, you know, tarot cards with post-it notes on and we had a prototype of the game. But we needed a bigger grant to kind of like pick it up, run it up, have a website, you know, do a launch. And uh, we applied for another grant, the Ysili Seeds for the Future grant. It gave us enough money to uh, have several prototype boxes uh, that we printed and gave away to organizations that needed educational tools. Uh, we also had enough uh, to create a website and have a launch event. So from there, Reef State kind of built out and kind of gained traction, not only in the environment education community, but also in the tabletop gaming community, uh, whereby uh, the games have been uh, played in several tabletop gaming cafes in Malaysia. Wow, that's great. Getting the tabletop gaming community is definitely a win. So how are you planning to take it to a wider audience? Uh, as of now, uh, as and when there are opportunities, we will go for opportunities. For example, if there's an expo, say World Ocean Day Expo, and you know Malaysian Nature Society invites us, we will go. Uh, previously, Eco Nights have used our product in their outreach events, uh, and also uh, several other partners like dive centers have also taken up reef stakes to kind of impart that uh, angle of marine conservation, and they couldn't quite give you know in the lesson. So through a game, they can. They can deliver those messages of marine conservation well. And I think as of now, we're definitely looking for partnerships. If anyone who is interested to kind of like come in and, 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 and take mistakes to maybe a greater audience, uh, we're trying to translate into Basel, Malaysia so then we can hit more people. And we're really open to translating to more languages, but uh, we'll take it one step at a time for now. All right. So let's talk about Project Reefspawn, which you will be carrying out under these Changemakers grant. Um, tell us what it's all about. That is correct. Uh, so Respawn will actually consist of uh, three parts. The capacity building is actually the second and the third part. Uh, the first part through this project, the grant will fund three short videos on the marine environment. Uh, we're still uh, devising what kind of uh, videos they will be, uh, but they will focus on the three main ecosystems of marine in Malaysia, the, the mangroves, the coral reefs, and the seagrass. So that's for sure. And then the second and third part is called uh, budding and broadcast, just to mimic you know, the wordplay for choral propagation. Uh, for budding, we will get 12 uh, youth aged 18 to 25 to come on board with us. We will give them virtual sessions of uh, capacity building. And these range from project management to science to communication. And then once they uh, go through this process, they will go through the three-day, two-night uh, Pulau Tioman camp where we expose them to the issues on the ground that we try to showcase in Reef Stakes. We showcase to them on the island because Pulau Tioman has various issues that uh, are brought up that is very similar in the marine environment context in Malaysia. So that's why I picked Pulau Tioman. 
once the budding phase is complete, is the broadcast phase where they you know, go back to their respective communities and broadcast the lessons uh, in their respective communities. We do expect the participants, the 12 participants, to use the Restakes tool. We'll provide them with this tool to be able to share these messages that they've learned in the virtual sessions as well as the three-day, two-night camp that we'll do in Tioman. So that's Respawn in a nutshell. Okay, and who are you hoping will apply? I mean, what's in it for them? Uh, because through this program, we really want to develop tomorrow's champion of the marine environment among youths of Malaysia. So we are looking to recruit someone who is able to communicate well, um, has leadership qualities and are resilient. And what's in it for them? Um, because we plan um, four virtual sessions and all, we, I'm very proud to say that we have invited some very inspiring speakers. Um, they are experienced practitioners and experts, and these sessions are meant to be very engaging and interactive. They will learn about basic marine conservation knowledge, to how they can pitch their ideas to donors, and how to manage conservation projects, and finally, how to spread their messages effectively to all stakeholders. So all these topics are meant to serve as an overview of marine conservation, so they will be able to understand the importance of every element of conservation success. So they will not just learn about the relevant skills and knowledge, but also they will be able to um, have the ability to think critically and most importantly, uh, em empathetically. And on the bootcamp on Tioman Island, we are basically bringing Restakes, the card game, to life. So I think one of the interesting things about role-playing game is that uh, it helps you to empathize with the role that you are playing, and which is something very important in conservation. So um, we are bringing that experience to all the participants and they will be interacting with government agencies, NGOs, um, some community-based organizations and private sectors and to see how things work on the ground um, and giving them a more hands-on experience and understanding different stakeholders' um, perspectives. Yeah. So does um, one need a science background to apply and what is actually expected of them? Um, actually, not really. Um, we are looking for a participant's mix of different backgrounds um, because everyone, not just scientists or conservationists, they play a role in protecting the marine environment in their own ways using their own skill set. Say someone trained in IT or engineering might be able to solve conservation issues through technology. Someone with a communications background, um, they are fluent with messaging strategy. So we want to recruit youth from any academic backgrounds as long as they show um, passion and initiatives to protect the marine environment. And, you know, why is it important to have multiple stakeholders involved to solve issues when it comes to environmental problems? For me, the success is when conservation is uh, not in the realms of conservationists. I think that is success, like a gold standard of conservationists, whereby conservation is in the back of the minds of every single person, every single uh, profession, right? Uh, and, and, and this, we have a term we call mainstreaming. So what we want to do is try to mainstream this environmental education, biodiversity conservation into separate fields outside of conservation itself. You know, some, a conservation would tell me that uh, a perfect world doesn't, doesn't need conservationists because everyone has been are thinking in terms of conservation. So that is why it's very important to have multi, multiple stakeholder uh, approach to solve environmental problems, you know, who knows, uh, these participants will be decision makers in the future and uh, they make decisions on, uh, it doesn't have to be conservation, it could be engineering, it could be medicine, it could be uh, law, legal, 
and they put in uh, their thoughts. Oh, because I've gone for this camp, because I've you know interacted with these people, they have given me a conservation mindset, and hence I would make decisions towards uh, conservation or towards environmental sustainability. So that is the goal, basically. Hmm. Now, we're talking a lot about environmental education here, right? Why is this so important for the both of you? Um, for me, I think the environment needs a voice and everyone has the ability to speak for the environment and protect it the best way that they can. But however, not everyone knows how. And sometimes we are bombarded with a lot of doom and gloom messages and it can make us feel very helpless. So um, environmental education is important to me in a way that it is a positive approach that reminds you that we can actually make a difference um, individually or collectively. As, as for me, it's, uh, it's always like it's, it's, you know, if you don't have education, if you don't have a way to get that information, you will never feel tied or attached to it and hence do not want to conserve it. So a simple thing like uh, recently the issue of uh, bats and pollination, right? If you don't tell the durian farmers that uh, the bats actually help them by spreading the pollen and give them good bumper crop every year, they wouldn't learn to love the bat. They would actually go and shoot the bat. So I think in this Takkana Maka Tak Cinta uh, is a perfect phrase that we can pick up uh, to answer the environmental education question. Mm, nicely put. And uh, what more would you say needs to be done uh, to improve on environmental education and outreach? I think we need to normalise the conversation about the environment. And one of the things that we need to be working on is to break down um, environmental messages to something more palatable to wider public. So it can be through games like Reef Sticks, the card game, or arts or music, um, something not um, very conventional, um, something out of the norm, out of the box. Um, and like I mentioned just now, um, environmental destruction often left us with um, a feeling of um, helpless and dismay. I do think we need a lot more positive messages um, when it comes to environmental education and to tell everyone that, hey, you can do something about it and there are still hopes. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Mimi's uh, comments and like for me to add to that, I think environmental education needs to be more targeted as well, that uh, we need to target the people who make those decisions rather than, you know, a pour salt into the sea kind of approach. Because, you know, you give up pamphlets, you tell people this information, but uh, if they don't take it in, they don't use it to make a change or probably make a decision that is uh, related to a change, it would just uh, be a waste of time. Like, mancura, kan air ke daun keladi, that kind of approach. So rather, I, I personally, as uh, someone who believes strongly in environmental education, we put effort into identifying who can make the most difference and then try to educate, try to put in messaging for them to be able to change their mindset and, you know, change uh, laws, perhaps. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. Um, and speaking of changing mindsets and moulding future decision makers, right? How can one apply for Reefspawn? Yeah, first of all, um, follow us on our social media. We stake social media on Facebook and Instagram. And we have the Google Form links uh, for these budding conservationists to fill up. And application is open right now until the 23rd of April. And we'll contact the shortlisted participants for interviews um, after that. All right. Is there any last message that you'd like to leave us with? Uh, well, for me, I think uh, it's a good opportunity to learn. Uh, it's a safe space that we're providing here. 
Uh, we're giving you the best of mentors that you could ask for in the marine environment. Uh, and also actually in, in some form of advocacy as well. So uh, do apply and we look forward to read your applications. Uh, sadly, our funding is only limited to 12 participants. Uh, if there are funders out there who are thinking about, you know, uh, putting more into uh, marine conservation, yeah, please do, do contact us. And uh, yes, uh, we look forward to your applications, everyone who's applying. Yeah, adding on to what you mentioned just now, um, I think this will be a great learning experience, not just for the participants, but for uh, us, the committee as well. Um, I'm thrilled to you know meet all these um, young minds and be inspired by their young energy as well. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. That was Quake Yuan and Chow Mei Mei from Project Reef Spawn. And they were talking to us about the importance of environmental education and also how they hope Project Reef Spawn can equip budding conservationists with the knowledge and skills necessary to contribute to the marine environment. Hmm. And I like that story that Yuan shared about how, you know, one chance meeting with Dr. Luisa Ponampalem when he was 17 or 18 years old, that kind of set him on, you know, this path of environmental conservation. Yeah. And now he's on a similar path path to, you know, inspire other young ones to look at ways that they can contribute to conservation efforts. Yeah, hopefully somebody's listening uh, or, <laughs> yes. or heard him speaking to us, right? And uh, just sparked off something uh, in them. So uh, again, if you qualify and you'd like to be a part of Project Reef Spawn, just head to any of Reef Stakes social media channels for more information. Applications are being accepted from now until the 23rd of April and shortlisted applicants will be contacted by the 25th of April for interviews and the 12 successful participants will be announced in the first week of May. Um, but, you know, uh, we, we did um, ask you um, what you thought about what we're discussing today. Yes, and we have a Twitter poll going on our Twitter page at BFM Radio where we're asking you if we should include environmental education into the Malaysian public school syllabus. Now, overwhelmingly, at 97% uh, uh, 97% of you say yes, we should. Um, 3% of you say no, we shouldn't. Um, we've got a few comments as well. Um, CK says why not? We should start somewhere but it is um, a long technical and scientific topic. It's not just about you know telling people not to throw rubbish in the river, river but people should know the truth and facts. And you know like, I guess like what we were talking about earlier right that it's the fact that it's giving you all the different angles to the issue and not just you know one side of it. Mm. Um, Dr. P.P. Lim says you know more appropriately civic and health education which we had in the 1960s um, civic and health conscious people don't litter, throw garbage into the rivers and throw used masks on mm. the ground. Good point. Um, we also have Ajit who says, do involve the industry and key players as well, especially when it comes to developing the syllabus, getting sponsorship and manpower contribution for environmental school programs. I think that's an interesting aspect, right? Because then you can get students on, on ground as well to um, look at, to, to be involved in you know certain programs rather than just learning uh, uh, about it theoretically. Yes, uh, and we did touch on that a little bit earlier as well where uh, students and young people learn about the communi community engagement aspects right how to talk to how to get volunteers on board how to get donors mm. uh, how to uh, engage your neighborhood perhaps so uh, 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 much more holistic than like you said just an academic learning mm. we have also a whatsapp comment that came in from Azimi that says you know it's a myth that no, there is no environmental education in the current Malaysian education curriculum um, in fact there are various subjects that emphasize environmental issues in the syllabus you know and he gave an example of um uh, they gave an example of writing an in 
formal report on Nature for English or students tasked to present and discuss issues on climate change in science. But the question is how much of the public support should be given to schools and teachers to empower environmental education in classrooms? Well, I think um, something that has been eye-opening for me as we've been discussing this issue and speaking to Kwek An and Mimi as well is that uh, it goes beyond what Azimi has said about what kids are learning in school today about the environment, that environmental education also equips you with skills of critical thinking and mm. problem solving, which um, helps us to take that information uh, many steps further in order to solve the uh, climate crisis issues or, or to look for solutions right, for mm. the climate crisis uh, issues that we are facing right now. And, and for, for the next generation or for this younger generation to be able to face this, this crisis head on because they are dealing with um, the aftermath, the consequences of all the behaviours that uh, have been already set in place um, long before they came along. Definitely. Yep. And uh, so that's all the time that we have for today's show. It's been an interesting discussion. Uh, it's been uh, great listening to uh, Yuan and Mimi as well. Um, but uh, if you have any uh, thoughts you'd like to share with us or if you'd like to message the Bigger Picture team directly, you look us up on our Facebook t- uh, page, BFM The Bigger Picture, to drop us a message there. And if you missed any part of the show earlier, you can download the podcast at bfm.my slash daily digest on our BFM app or on Spotify. Coming up after the 3 o'clock news, it's Live and Learn and Hezra Ashraf will be looking at what Warisan's move to Semenanjung means for Pakatan Harapan. And he'll be speaking to Badro Hisham Ismail from Iman Research and Ideas Ira Azhari. So stay tuned for that. You've been listening to The Daily Digest on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.